The first reading is from Isaiah 58, 1 through 9a. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of God of their God. They ask of me righteous judgment. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble so ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with the wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring your, the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your life shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicators shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lamp stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
God's word for us. If I were to ask you a very deep theological question or philosophical question, who are you? Who are you? What might you respond with? Your name? Where you're from? Where your parents are? Maybe what you do? Who are you? Chances are you're not probably going to respond out loud. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. If you did, people probably would think that you're a bit full of yourself. They even may think you have a Messiah complex. But why not? Even if we've never said it aloud, do we think of ourselves in that way? Do we actually know that about ourselves? Jesus knows this about us. Jesus thinks this about us. Jesus even says that about us, and it's right here in today's gospel. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And Jesus isn't talking to particular individuals. We have to remember that he is talking to the crowds that have followed him from Galilee. The ten cities known as Decapolis, Jerusalem, and Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Jesus' listeners have come from everywhere. They have come to see this one that they've heard about. They have come to listen and to learn, to be healed, and to have their lives put back together. They've come in search of meaning and direction and purpose. And while we may not be the original hearers of this passage. You and I stand among this crowd. This news, this news of being salt of the earth and light of the world has been passed down to us because it was life-giving to an entire group of people. This crowd listened to Jesus, and now we are one of them. We are now among this crowd. We've come today to see this one that we've heard about. We've come to listen and to learn, to be healed, to have our lives be put back together. We've come in search of meaning and direction and purpose. And Jesus' words are as true and applicable today as they were 2,000 years ago. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And this is good timing, because last week, when we heard Jesus share these infamous,
Jesus Beatitudes proclaiming and preaching and calling us to God's kingdom, calling us to unbind ourselves from the status quo, calling us to change our narrative, calling us to help create a kingdom that is drastically different than the world we live in. A beloved community that it made us wonder, can we really do this? Can we really do this? Can we really answer Jesus' call to discipleship? And if so, how? This is good timing. This is perfect timing because besides wondering how we can really be the beloved community, we are wondering how we are supposed to do it after the week that we have had. Disappointments and frustrations and bad mojo. What perfect timing to be reminded that indeed we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we are still capable of doing something good, of helping bring about something good, of co-creating with God to bring about God's beloved community. We are salt and light, not for ourselves, but so that others might eat and see better. So what does this really look like? What does this mean for us? It's pretty practical and tangible. It's something that can be tasted and seen. It makes a difference in the world and to other people. It's things like looking into another's eyes and speaking a kind word and acknowledging a person is created in the image and the likeness of God. It is in generosity with your compassion and your time and your money to care for and make a difference in the lives of the poor or the hungry or the homeless. It is in starting a conversation and rebuilding a relationship when what you mostly feel is indifference or pain or anger. It is praying that God will bless with all the good gifts you want for yourselves and those you love, those who have hurt you, those who are different from you, and those with whom you disagree. The prophet Isaiah speaks of loosening the bonds of injustice and letting the oppressed go free. So maybe salt and light, light look like politics that are not dependent on control and power that establish a society of equality and diversity, and that recognize the dignity of every human being. It is faithfulness and commitment to others shown by listening and being available and spending time. It would mean slowing down and rearranging our schedules and valuing presence over efficiency and productivity. It is choosing a life 
of self-giving rather than taking and acquiring, vulnerability rather than defensiveness and intimacy rather than isolation. It means you might and probably will get hurt. It is loving God, your neighbor, your enemy, and yourself. These are just a handful of tangible examples of what it looks like to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and light. Salt which gives flavor and preserves and keeps and light which illuminates and guides. And the word we hear from Jesus is not that we might become these but that we are these things. You are salt. You are light. Not that you might be, not that you could be, not maybe possibly one day you will be. You are salt and light. And this is good news. No matter your status, no matter your situation or your lot in life, no matter your past, you have the capacity to assist in the coming of the kingdom. And that is empowering. It is privilege. It is also responsibility. The instruction here is not how to become, but a declaration of what we are, salt and light. But it is also a caution that if we cease to live in this way, if we hide our light, we can lose our flavor and our strength. A couple of weeks ago, at the open and affirming learning session that we held, the question was posed. If 7th Street Christian Church ceased to exist in this community, what would be missed? And without hesitation, without missing a beat, Clara Hamlet proclaimed the parking lot. And the room roared with laughter. And that laughter was pointing to a truth in Clara's statement. And what is sad, and what is frustrating, and even unfortunate, is that we are deeply involved in this community. The Reed Center, an adult literacy, literacy program, meets in our building twice a week. We provide space for people of all ages to learn a musical instrument through Greenspring. We provide weekly space for those struggling with addiction to find support. And once a month we make a meal and help feed our veterans who are experiencing hopelessness through LVS. 
We have dedicated people who take meals to people through Meals on Wheels. Every month we take up a collection for Feed More or Axe or whomever Liz Hewlett tells us to take up a collection for. Last year we gave over $200,000 from our Cawthorn Fund to five different organizations who help seniors. We hosted interfaith gatherings and community meals and special services. Every week, we faithfully gather to recenter ourselves and feed our souls through worship. We study our scriptures, we build community, and I have been told over and over again how open and hospitable we are. And yet, at the core of it, at the end of the day, It is our parking lots that would be most missed. Somehow, our light is not being seen. It is not being felt. It probably is, actually. But maybe this is a marketing weakness. Maybe it's a messaging problem. I don't know. Cheryl, can you help us? But it still bears the question, are we hiding our light? What would it, or could it look like to shine our light in a most unique way? If we are known for our parking lot, if our parking lot is what would be missed, how can we transform that to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? In a city that struggles with affordable housing, where roughly 35% of households in Richmond are cost burdened, which means they pay more than 30% of their income for housing, what does it look like to transform our parking lot? When one in 10 adults and one in four children are food insecure in Richmond, that means you're in a state of being without access to affordable, healthy food. What does it look like to transform our parking lot? When water runoff from roads and parking lots that picks up dirt and trash and oil and pesticides and other pollutants that flow directly into the James River, our water source, causing public safety and hazards and health risks, what does it look like to transform our parking lot? What does it look like to transform ourselves, to transform our thinking, to help bring about the beloved community of God here in Richmond? To live as salt of the earth and light of the world is both who we are and how we are to be. And that is why Jesus is so adamant that we not lose our saltiness and we not hide our light. 
If we are salt and if we are light, then we ought to be tasted and seen by the world. And if our relationships are bland and flavorless, if our world is dark and filled with shadows, maybe we've not been faithful or trusting of our own saltiness and light. Maybe we've forgotten who we are. Maybe we never knew. I can't tell us how to do that, both individually and corporately. It will be unique for each of our lives. But in whatever ways that you and we are salt and light, we will reveal the embodiment of God in humanity. God with us. And at that moment, all will taste life and see the world as they have never known. And we will experience the kingdom of God.